This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 253 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. With just Reese and I, I guess. I know. Hi, Philip. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing okay. And yourself? Well, it's been way too long. We were talking. Yeah. It's been like three weeks since we've Yeah, had we did a show. an episode early and the, and then and then the Great Paris show was on and then yeah, we haven't really talked. So I know, which is so unusual for us. We did a little texting, but I've missed you, Philip. Well, it's you've been, been busy. Big... You've been, I mean, you're, you're on the, the horse show we... bandwagon or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what happened. You know, it, it literally was like, you know, I, we've all, as we all know, it's been an awful winter. So, you know, we kept thinking like horse show season is coming, horse show. But then it was like, um, we're showing this week. <laughs> like, yeah. Like was, it's time. <laughs> oh, I was, I had to get my coat out of the bat. I, oh, it was a mess. It was all, I thought it was all hung and dry cleaned and oh no, it wasn't. And oh boy. And so it just, it just came up really fast. We did, we did our first schooling show, um, which went really well. You know how awesome Denali is, Philip. I know yeah, you have I to say it. I all the time. <laughs> I know. My sweet, precious. We've now nicknamed him the crown prince because he's so wickedly spoiled. But I love him. So Denali was great. He did his first first level test three and he had a 70.9%. He was Actually, he was terrible in the warm-up. He was oh. just, ugh. I, I love that horse, but I was really uh, losing my patience. He was just terrible you know that's that's why you go to schooling shows you know i, yeah, I don't blame him work, working the kinks yeah. out right Where, there were some kinks i mean I, I almost couldn't get on him he was just he was terrible um but thankfully once i got on and we we focused our energy not to our social life because he was screaming at any horse we took seven horses so any horse that he knew he would scream at and throw his head up and oh spin around it was just a mess um <laughs> so we got the kinks out and he was a really good boy and then um we took a couple horses Horses just to school, uh, you know. I, I don't like new horses to me, um, and they're for some off the farm. Sometimes I like to just take them to the show and just see how it goes, you know, um, just see how they're going to behave. So, and so I had two horses we just schooled, and they were very excellent. They were both very good. One is uh, my Lusitano, who is showing next weekend third level, and then the other one was a younger horse, um, Romeo, and he's going to do training level next week. So they were both very good. And then Winnie, my big mare, who hopefully will do developing pre-St. George this year, she went out and was a real professional. She went and did her test and and got a 69.7% in the St. George. So I was really proud of her. Um, she was, she was, I was the most proud of her. She was very professional and, and did her job. And, and that was pretty cool to see, you know, the difference between last year and this year. So it was right. a good so, show. Yeah, yeah, you didn't lose too much over the cold winter. I mean, you've no, been able to make some progress so. and get yeah. the horses going and yeah, and ready to it move was, on. 
Yeah, so it was good. So we actually have our first recognized show next weekend. So I'll tell you guys next week how our preparation's going. But uh, a group is going to go to that. So again, I can't believe it's it's here. Horse show season has started here, and there's a big event this weekend here in, at the horse park, and so it's starting. So it's very exciting, very exciting. and. Uh, nice to get i think all the horses were so happy to get off the farm and off you know out of the indoor <laughs> and it was actually a really nice day and and it was it was good we all had a Perfect. good time so yeah Perfect. and do you want to talk a little bit about the other thing well the thing that we have been a little bit texting back and forth about the kentucky wildcats oh i'm sorry yes oh my god <laughs> so exciting i'm sorry I, I did not have my brain flip to that part so <laughs> kentucky wildcats i don't know if if um i am a super fan and philip knows that travis and i love love the kentucky wildcats we both have our degrees there and and really all of lexington well kentucky you guys must be going sick. crazy yeah yes we are in the final four and i will tell you Philip, you know that this team this year has been terrible. <laughs> well, we not terrible. Today. They're just young. Come on. It's... Yeah, no, they were terrible. Oh, and for anybody who doesn't know, we are talking about university basketball. basketball. <laughs> I guess we should we, we should preface that, but yeah, um, it's, it's a it's a huge a deal. It's a huge deal in America, and uh, yes. I know a lot of Canadians get into this the big the tournament. Madness. Yeah. And I love, love, love basketball. So Philip knows. So I, I, I will sit with the boys and I just, I just think it's great. So we had a very young team and they were very bad. And the, they did not the, gel quickly. Let's just no. <laughs> and then right before the, the championship, you know, right before the tournament in our conference tournament, really started to gel like out of nowhere. Yeah. So I, I love to how they got team to come together. But now they, like, they're in final four. It's just amazing. All yep. of Kentucky is like two two wins, yeah, two wins away from the mm-hmm. national championship. So yeah, so may, awesome. hopefully next year, next a week, we'll have great things to say. But uh, I hope people cheer on the Wildcats. So yes, <laughs> so a little bit about me and and Phillips, right? I I love basketball, and and so it's very exciting. So we will fingers crossed. So all right, all right, okay, and and, and now it. back to horses and, and the show. show. <laughs> Maybe before we get to the news, you want to talk a little bit about who we've got on the show this week and and. Yeah. Some interviews that we're looking forward to? Absolutely. We have a great show um, this week. We we put a lot of effort into, after a couple weeks off, to figuring out who to have on the show. So we have Olivia Lagoy-Welts. She's a good friend of both Philip and I, but she really went to Florida this year and just knocked everybody's socks off at the Intermediate One level in pre-St. George Small Tour. Uh, so we're going to hear all about her horse and just her experience this winter and also a little bit of a wrap-up of the Florida season because everyone, uh, I hope, is having safe travels back up north but it, the season's kind of wrapping up down there yeah. uh, and then yeah so that that is a great interview and then we're going to talk to Gerilyn Finn also a friend of ours and and she's a bronze silver and gold medalist and she's a trainer in Maryland and she's going to give us a great trainer tip on biomechanics which we uh Philip and I don't think we spend enough time yeah, on, on the show. talk about it more and more mm-hmm. so uh yeah I'm really looking forward to uh and what she's got uh, as a tip for us today Exactly. Awesome. So maybe Reese, uh, let's get to the news. I think we have quite a few things because we haven't uh, haven't been on top of uh, too much lately. So uh, let's first, I guess, let's talk about Rolex. What what do you yeah. got here? Yes. So uh, like we were saying, things are starting to to liven up here in Kentucky, and we have such an awesome spring here with horses. It's very much the culture, and and I talk about it on the show. But the Rolex Kentucky three day event is the last weekend last week in April. 
Um, and it, it's right before we literally go from Rolex to the Kentucky Derby here. So it's a really busy couple weeks. And actually, very excited. Um, Glenn asked me, uh, the Horse Radio Network is doing a listener meetup at Rolex. And um, if if you are going, which I hope you are, it's great fun. Cross Country Day is awesome. And the shopping is phenomenal. So I always go um, to shop. <laughs> and um, But Cross Country Day is super fun. So we're going to do a listener meetup. And if you're going, come and meet us a half an hour before the start of Cross Country at jump number one. And the hosts that will be there are Jamie, Glenn, and Jennifer from Horses in the Morning. Samantha from the eventing show and I get to go uh, and and go walk cross country, which will be super fun to do that with Samantha. Um, So it is at the start of cross country half an hour before at the first jump. So we look forward to meeting up with any listeners that are around and I'm hoping to convince Philip to come down. (laughs) It's a bit of a drive. It's a bit of a drive to have to head down there. But, uh, you know, still seeing snow on the ground. It's very, 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 tempting <laughs> exactly so we'll see we'll, we'll see. see but i'll be there um if it's snowing yeah. i'm not going sounds like fun sounds like but fun it'll be, it'll well be ha- fun. have have a beer for me you know i will I okay will. We, we, maybe it starts kind of early so well, that's okay not do that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, so philip there's some other great news that yeah we got we got lo- lots of dressage news and some other things so um the first thing i guess we should get to is uh, tina cognette and collecto v and Cesar para and van the man were confirmed by the U.S. Equestrian Federation Wednesday as the two American entries for the Reem Acra FEI World Cup Final in Lyon, France, uh, April 17th to, to 21st. So um, that's based on freestyle scores throughout the the CDIW shows. Those are World Cup qualifying shows um, throughout the season that um, that they've had the highest percentage in the freestyles and uh, get to represent the U.S., Travel for the entries will be paid by, <coughs> excuse me, the horse transportation company Dutacor, as European competition organizers cover only a portion of the costs um, for North American League horses and riders to attend the annual championship. So, uh, uh, congratulations to them and good luck at uh, at the World Cup final. Absolutely, that'll be that'll be great, and hopefully, we'll get to see it online. I would think that we'll be able to do that. So uh, in some other news, uh, Lexington, Kentucky and Bromont, Canada were confirmed by the FEI Tuesday as the last remaining uh, candidates to host the 2018 World Equestrian Games. Uh, so that is the flagship event for the FEI. We're in a WEG year this year. It's going to be in France. So we will continue to talk a lot about that, but it'll be really fun. It's America versus Canada, Philip. It's uh, <laughs> like our show. Well, um, Wellington was the third, and they mm-hmm. uh, they dropped out in contention. I think there were some sponsorship conflicts and things like that. So, um, yeah, they're looking at two places. I think by the end of June, they shall have their um, confirmed host, I guess. Uh, yeah. they'll look at, they so. both will bid for it, and uh, we'll see who gets it. I mean, either way, I think... Yeah. Great. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, super close to you for, for Lexington, but uh, Bromont's not too far from me, and maybe we can take a little bit of a, a trip, you know, a field trip, a dressage radio yeah. show field trip if it happens to oh, be in Bromont. Beautiful place, amazing in the summer. It is, so, it um, is beautiful. I yeah, think it's I win, 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 right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a win-win. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and at each of the facilities. So that'll be super. 
Well, this last news story, Philip, I'm really excited to tell everybody about. So if you want to go to Wellington next year or South Florida, my hand is raised. Um, There's a budget option that just came out, and I wanted to let everybody know about it um, for planning purposes for next year because you do have to plan Florida sort of in the summer, which is kind of counterintuitive, but you kind of have to start early. But there's a new Palm Beach Stabling and Training Center at budget prices being launched for the 2015 Winter Dressage and Hunter Jumper Circuits in Wellington. The Equestrian Estates Horse Park at White Fences with nine arenas on 33.4 acres um, is available for a stabling complex. The property is in Loxahatchee, which is 20 minutes from sort of downtown Wellington, Global and WEF, and within hacking distance of the White Fences Equestrian Dressage grounds. It was home to the Palm Beach Derby for many years, um, and it's uh, White Fences and Equestrian Estates is home to many top international trainers, and the facility will provide stabling as low as 500 per month over the winter circuit from November through April, and there's tra- uh, hacking trails, and there'll also be security there, so... It's it might be an option. Yeah, it might yeah, be an option Yeah, it could be a potential option. Yeah. And I think I also read that they'll have camper hookups there. And so it could, could be a very neat option for a lot of people. Or if you just wanted to come for a month or probably a couple weeks and didn't want to have to go through renting stalls somewhere, uh, that could be a very good option for you. So we wanted to throw that in there. And I'm sure you can find more information online about that. So. Well, I guess that's about it for the news today. Let's, yeah. uh, you know, maybe get to the show. What do you think? Absolutely. That sounds great. Well, after this commercial break, we will come back um, to, with Olivia Lagoy Welts talking about her Florida season. Are you tired of treating your horse for soreness? Well, then be proactive. Benefab offers you and your horse a natural remedy to joint and muscle stiffness, inflammation, and circulatory deficiencies. Benefab offers a variety of innovative products, like saddle pads and polo wraps and quarter sheets for your horse, and socks and blankets for you. Simply ride in it or wear it and feel the difference Benefab's ceramic-infused products make. You can check them out online at BenefabProducts.com, or you can call them toll-free at 855 855- Nine five seven eight three seven eight. Well, I am so excited to have one of Philip and my dear friend, Olivia Lagoy Welts, on the show tonight. Olivia is an international rider and really just was a superstar in Florida this season. Olivia, how are you? And welcome to the show. I am good. Thanks for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. Well, we love it because you're so good now. You know the <laughs> Well, awesome. we knew she was good, but like everybody yeah. else maybe didn't know. She came out of nowhere exactly. this year. Huh? Exactly. So, Olivia, you truly have been awesome this season. Tell us about your horse and just about the whole season with him. Uh, well, I guess I couldn't have hoped for a, a better, I guess, like, you know, coming out down in Florida. This was my uh, first year on my own and first year on my own with this horse. And uh, we spent the summer training. I had kind of taken, made the decision to not pursue developing horse last summer and was like, ah, I really need to train him. And so we got down here and I had applied to do the trainers conference um, 
for exposure for him, for exposure for me, but really a lot for him. It was a great experience to get him in front of a crowd, you know, so that I could gauge his response. But uh, I would have never uh, guessed the crowd's response to he and I. So that was a, a great confidence builder at the beginning of the season in January. And, um, you know, then from there, we kind of just kept, I, I had a plan to train for January, show nationals in February, and if everything was going well, I would jump into the CDIs in March, and, and that's kind of what we did. And and it really did tell us kind of where we were at, because the, the later in the season it went, the bigger the shows got. I think my last class, uh, my last I one had 36 riders in it, which is a pretty big class, especially in a non-Pan Am year. So it was a, a a really fun season. So Olivia, tell us a little bit about how you, you know, maybe some things that you were working on uh, coming into the trainers conference, I guess, first of all, and, you know, what kind of uh, feedback that you got, uh, you know, from Stefan and Scott and, and, uh, you know, how that, just uh, a personal experience, how that went. Okay, well, the background with this horse is, you know, I got him as a seven-year-old. Um, you know, I was on a buying trip with uh, my previous employer. We were looking for um, business sources for her, and, you know, then we would always say, well, you know, and it, we're looking for something for my girl, she would say, and... Um, you know, can be a little bit young or a little bit difficult, you know, but you don't have such a big budget. And Wono showed up, and at seven, he was just learning a change, and that was the horse I ended up with. And so he really was kind of missing a lot of basics, missing a lot of throughness. So that's been just a huge theme in his training in general. And, and the same thing leading up to the trainer's conference, just getting it to where he's really through and over his back and settled. He's a very um, hot horse. And so that was the focus we do not been. And once I got down here into Florida, things, the, the training from the summer, you know, started to kick off and the partnership started to really pay off. Um, he he kind of found his stride, found his truck, so to speak. And, and that was fun, you know, so that was leading into the trainer's conference and it just set him up in a way where he was really able to suddenly shine there. And that was pretty cool. Like that, that was very exciting to, to be on and then to have, you know, Stefan cracking jokes about, you know, needing to run a truck so that I could get to the CDIs and, you know, that kind of thing. It, it was a lot of fun. I've never ridden with Stefan before either, so... I think it was fun for him, and it was fun for me. And actually, I think the horse got a lot out of it. When when he was done, you know, you could definitely tell that, you know, all those people had clapped for him, and he kind of thought he was the big cheese, which you really need that attitude in a show horse, you know. So that was a really good, really good for me to see that in him, that he liked to show off a little bit. So that was cool. So, Olivia, tell us a little bit about the shows at Global. How did that all work this season in, in Florida? So, um, all of the CDIs and all of almost all the national shows moved to Global. So, um, for those familiar or not familiar, previously um, there were shows held at the Jim Brandon Center, which was like a state park in Wellington that had, you know, facilities and a big cupboard and nice permanent barn. Um, 
And then the Palm Beach Derby and several other shows were classically held out um, at equestrian estates um, in the property, I guess, across from Marianne McPhail's. I don't, I don't really know what they refer to it as. Um, so all of the CDIs ended up moving to Global, which um, really consolidated things a lot. And then they continue to have national shows out at Adams, which is um, the original White Census show and actually originally where the Palm Beach, Palm Beach Derby originated. Um, but I think the thing that really worked about, you know, consolidating everything at Global is it, it turned it into, you know, it's on its way to becoming the equivalent of West for the jumpers, um, you know, for dressage. Now there's a CDI every two weeks. Um, so the last one was, I think it was called, you know, Global Dressage Festival 12. That was week 12. Um, so every other week is a CDI, and on the non-CDI weekends are national shows. Uh, so it really, really keeps it going, keeps it busy. Um, so we started out doing the national shows, and I just trailer into those, hop off the trailer and, you know, go and show. And then um, in March for the CDIs, um, you know, you go and you trailer and you stable. Um, and so, but just having all the shows at one place, I think, you know, was a really, really good move by the management. Now, maybe Olivia, because we saw you, I think, at the national show when you uh, ended up showing there. Can you just tell us what what's the experience like, you know, going to the national show? What were you looking for? Um, you know, what was the purpose of that before kind of, jumping up to the CDI and then maybe you can describe your kind of the difference in the CDI experience. Sure. So, so for the national shows, it's really about testing the waters. Um, I think the first weekend I did two St. George's back to back, like on Saturday and Sunday. And he, um, he's shown that level. He started showing that level this morning or not this morning, but, um, last, last spring. Um, we didn't show a lot over the summer, but it wasn't his, say, his first St. George. Generally speaking, I find that they need at least six months before you're ready to go to a CDI after you've moved up to a level, unless you have, like, a, a really unique horse and you're a very experienced rider. Um, but so, you know, that first weekend was just about, like, seeing, you know, seeing what I was going to have at the show. He can be very hot, very reactive to the atmosphere, Um there are a lot of flags at Global that flap in the wind. Um, and so, you know, the first weekend was just really, you know, taking the temperature. What do I have in the ring? And, you know, the first test was, it was good. Like, it was very smooth. It was very easy. It was, you know, pretty. It wasn't over-the-top brilliant, but it was very calm, which for him, I was really happy with because I know that I'll always be able to add more energy and power later it's you know having him just get used to going in the you know magic white rectangle and not changing like he just needs to go in and do his job um the second day he was a little bit more fired up he was also a bit more brilliant so he actually scored higher even though he got um he still did all the movements but for my feeling under saddle he was uh, a little fussier, a little bit more agitated, or just a little bit more pumped up, like, you know, however you want to describe it. So he got, like, a, I don't know, a 70 and a 73 that first weekend out. And 
And so I think the following weekend, you know, the goal was like, okay, now we need to go do the I-1. And I think I did the St. George before. And, you know, so every night, like, you go to, like, I went to the show, did the St. George. Um, you know, you look at the test, or I look at the test, I watch the video, you know, decide what I, you know, want to change. And sometimes it's just something in my position or how I'm riding, or maybe I want to change how I warm up a little bit, because you know, you're still trying to figure it out, and it's not like picking up a tennis racket where it's the same racket every time. Your horse is a little bit every time you pick them up and, you know, at the show with all the variables. So I don't remember specifically what was different or what I did the second weekend, um, but he did, you know, the St. George, and, you know, he got a, a, I don't know, like a 70 from one of the CDI judges she was judging in the national show. So I felt confident about that. I was like, okay, you know, that person's willing to give him that score. That's fairly legitimate. And then he had a, a really great, um, I won, um, just kind of everything. He was definitely more up and it was slightly more on the edge, but still very rideable. And, um, I think, you know, that day he pulled a 76. And after that, I was like, okay, I think we're ready for the CDI. Like mm-hmm. I can't make it too much more, you know, perfect like he's still training there's still always going to be stuff to fix and make better if you never you know if you're waiting for it to be perfect then no one's ever going to show because it's never perfect like there's always something to fix so um so then two weeks later we put in for the the first cdi and that was just really kind of for me like all right what's going to be like in the jog you know because my last horse you know (laughs) was very expressive in the jog shall we say (laughs) <laughs> he was really good at the dog and just, you know, there's a lot more paperwork and more stress and more things to go through when doing the CDI. The tests are the same, just in a different ring with more judges, but there's more hoops to jump through, I guess, to even get to that point. So, um, you know, he was really good for the St. George. I was really, really happy with it. It was a really clean test. And, you know, at Global, they've got... Um, I guess you live scoring, and so underneath the rider's tent and right by the entrance and exit of the arena, um, you know, you can kind of see the the idea of what score you're going to get. It's not corrected, but so once you finish your test and you're on your way out for your bit bit check, um, you know, you kind of glance to the right, and, you know, I came out thinking, like, okay, like, that's a good starting point, and I think you got, like, a 68-something, which was pretty good and he ended up getting third um in like a like there was like a three or four way tie for a third and then oh, like wow. when they split it up and went back to like the coefficients like I got third um I think Chris Hickey got fourth and then someone else got fifth so I mean like it's competitive like they're oh yeah it's tight those are big classes yeah. yeah 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 big classes which is good it's better to have it that way so you really know you know, how you're stacking up against every everyone else. Um, you know, and then on the other hand, I think that first place was like a 69-something. So he also wasn't that far off from, you know, the top with that. So that was that was a really good um, place. And he was, he was a good boy. He wasn't quite as through and wasn't quite as just like kind of hitting his track. Once he clicks into that, he, he's just like a little... I don't know, metronome. So, you know, I thought about that 
coming to the I-1 the next day and just worked on that throughness and finding that place and being really focused on it in the, in the warm-up and, um, and, you know, Robert's like jumping in, like saying this or that and you're like, okay, and just trying to focus and, uh, went in and he was in that zone. You know, I changed a couple of things like, you know, the first day I cantered around the ring, you know, and he got kind of excited and was winning and kind of trying to buck me off, even though no one really knew that. Um, but I could feel it. He's like, oh, I could be naughty. And it's like, no, don't be naughty. Like, let's just yeah, definitely don't be naughty in that right moment. Now. <laughs> right? yeah, Maybe later. Like, yeah. Just a minute. Um, <laughs> Give me 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So the second day I started out in trot and went around the ring in trot because he doesn't really do that in trot. In trot, he channels his energy into trotting rather than getting cheeky. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, just like little stuff like that, like, oh, okay, like I need to trot around the ring and then I need to walk and then I need to pick up the canner, you know, relatively close, you know, to the the start of the ring and, um, but not too close. But if he doesn't pick up the canner, I can't get in the ring. Um, and he, he just hit, hit his stride. He was in the zone that day. So we, you know, trucked around and I came out and, you know, Debbie was there, Robert's there. They're like, that was gorgeous. You look over the scoreboard, it was like a 73. It was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Um, which is fun. You know, it's, it's fun to get big scores like that, but more fun is just having, you know, this horse where like, I know where he started and it isn't where he is now. He definitely, like, it's not like I just went out and bought this horse and, like, started winning on it. Like, this has been a bit of a long road to get there. So that's 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 the part that makes it really exciting. Well, uh, congratulations. And, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, maybe yeah. you can give us a little bit of a rundown how those how all those CDIs went. I think that, that score in the Intermediaire was first place, was it not? Yeah, so that one that's, was first. And then we did, um, you know, two weeks later, we went back and we did, uh, I think, like a 69 in uh, the St. George, and that was good enough for second. And then we got a, like, a 71 point something in the I-1, and that was good enough for first. But all three of us in the awards got a 71. Like, I was a 71.8, second was a 71.6. And third was like a 71.4. Like everyone was like really right. So, you know, again, that's fun. You're in the company of good riders and good horses, you know, and it was close. Um, and winning. And, and no offense. Yeah. Winning. yeah, And, and, yeah, and, and coming out on top. Sorry. That doesn't yeah, hurt. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that's always fun. But, you know, sometimes I'll win, sometimes I won't. So the last show, um, he came out and he was, you know, like the night before the the weather really changed for the last show, the temperature dropped and the wind came up and, you know, so I did my warm up, you know, the night before and I haven't needed to like pretty ride them or anything at the other shows. Like normally one ride down here has been enough. So I got on that day um, for the St. George and he was like just a pistol, you know, like kind of leaping in the air and the flags were all cracking. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. So we got him settled in the warm-up, but like still, you know, channeling all that energy and pumped and it was good. But then he got a little hot again right before I went in the test. And the test was going really well. I guess I was up at a 72 and I came to the right trot half pass in St. George. 
And it was like, pass, 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 love wide. And we rocketed like straight up into the air, like bucks oh. sideways. And you come down and you're supposed to walk, right? Collected walk. So I'm like trying to quiet it and down, get around the corner in an in interpretation of walk. And then you turn and the flag's cracking or right behind you as you turn for you. So, you know, we launch in the air again, land, pee off at key, you know, turn on the floor handy, actually, or sorry, haunches. He pulled that off, pee off at G, you know, turn on the haunches again. And then the rest of the test he went on and did, you know, one mistake in the three is my fault. Um, you know, but we got, I think we dropped from a 72 to a 58 and then clawed back up to a 63 in the St. George. So it just like goes to show you, you know, it's, it's really hot. And then the second day came back warmed up a bit differently. He was quieter. I wrote him in the morning and he got a 73 and won the I won by 3%. So you don't get to better your score by 10% overnight very often. And then, uh, <laughs> well, he's a, he's an intermediate one specialist maybe. Yeah, apparently that is our, our test of choice. Um, <laughs> and then we, we eked our way through the freestyle. It was music for, you know, my other horse, which we kind of re-choreographed, so that, you know, it, everything was really off, but we just had to do it to qualify for Gladstone. So we're working on that between now and Gladstone. But, you know, you got like a 69 and like eighth place out of 17. So, you know, all things considered, it still wasn't bad. Um, actually got two 70s and a 66. So freestyles are kind of, you know, what the judges like or what they yeah. don't like. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but he's qualified, so that's all I need to yeah, do. Yeah, that's all that matters. So, Olivia, what are it's your future plans with him? Um, so, right now, the future plans are Gladstone. That's for sure. Um, it looks like we might be coming up to Kentucky for Yay. the CDI there as a warm-up. Yay! Back to mm-hmm. Bluegrass. And um, and then after Gladstone, I don't really know. I guess it's back to training. Um, you know, keep working on all the same basics that he needs. You know, he needs a, to improve his straightness and he needs to improve his ability to collect. You know, but it feels like he's finally getting to the point where he's strong enough to start fixing those things. He has kind of very large, not necessarily straight changes. And so that's definitely going to be this summer's work. And I think, you know, working towards the Grand Prix as much as he offers, you know, without too much stress. Uh, I'd like to do Devin this fall, again, mostly to put him in that atmosphere that he has to deal with a stadium and a crowd and just all these different venues. I'd rather be working on that now in the small tour than later in the Grand Prix. I mean, I'm sure I'll still be working on it later, but um, not wait. But So, yeah, that's, that's kind of our plans for right now. Super. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, we just wanted to ask you maybe really quickly um, about your impressions of the Florida season, some rides and some horses that, that you know, kind of impressed you and, you know, of all the shows and kind of, if you could sum it up for us as best you can, that, yeah. that would be great. Um, I think, again, I said this earlier, but I think that moving all the shows to global was a really great idea because it kind of brings everything together in one place. Um, I wasn't in high attendance at the beginning of the season, but I definitely went out and watched, you know, Pinaville Humpson comes down or comes over from Europe for the winter. And, you know, I try and watch her as much as possible because she's so incredibly good. So she's always a highlight. 
you know, her riding's, you know, really seamless and smooth, and she has really cool horses to watch go. Um, it was really interesting to watch um, kind of how things shook out, you know, with the Grand Prix, it's away gear, so, you know, um, like Collecto really ended on a high note um, at the end of the season. That was nice to see that, you know, He's getting a little up there, but still can really do his job. And um, let me think. You know, the Canadians are always really fun to watch, too. Chris Van Martels. I didn't see him at any other shows, but he was right there with me in the last CDI. And um, he won the the freestyle hands down. He got like a 76. Unfortunately, I missed his ride, but everyone said it was beautiful. So, you know, I hope he, you know keeps having a horse to ride because he's a great rider. Ashley Holter did great. I think she's got a, you know, a new mare out and Jackie Brooks is always fun to watch with the They just have like a really nice, you know, nice smooth partnership. And, you know, Diane Creech also is a really nice person. And, and so, you know, you, you just get to know the riders. Um, you know, it was interesting to watch Cesar Prar's horse improve over the season um, you know, Caroline came out with her mare at Grand Prix, you know, clearly really hot mare, very talented horse. Um, I'm trying to think. I, again, I, I didn't go to every every show and watch because I was doing, taking care of horses, but, um, you know, Lars did really well. I guess Lars, Nicola, and uh, Tina were kind of always the top three in um in the shows, in the Grand Prix, and, you know, they're all really good riders, and, and it's fun to watch. And, and they seemed to, the shows seemed really well attended, particularly towards the end of the season. Maybe it was a little bit of a soft start, but, you know, by the end, there were 30 entries in the Grand Prix and 30 entries in the, um, you know, in the small tour. Uh, the other person that was out, you know, from... Idaho is Adrian Lyle and Wizard, you know, so they're always fun to watch. It's a, um, you know, talented horse and rider combination. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we are totally jealous that, number one, you were down there and had such a great season. And, uh, you know, it really did, you know, again, we're reading just what everybody else is reading, but it really looked like the season went well for everybody. And it's going to be interesting to see how Gladstone shakes out and, um, but all that good stuff. And we cannot wait to continue to follow you. And we love hearing, it's so fun to hear our stories on how people take a horse. And I, I remember him, your guy, when you got him here in Kentucky and he is very, very different. And you've done an amazing job. So congratulations on that for sure. So Olivia, how do our listeners find you online? Oh, well, if you want to find me, the website is um, livedressage.com, L-I-V, and then the word dressage. And that's our website. Um, that's that's uh, the best way to get a hold of me. Email is olivia at livedressage.com. And then phone numbers and all contact information is is listed on there. So, yeah. Great. Well, I can't wait to see you in Kentucky in a few weeks. Have a safe trip. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) 
Well, that was a really great conversation with Olivia hearing about Florida and her season and, and how she's brought our horse up. That is, I think it's always fascinating to see. And, and I've been a part of, of seeing that horse grow. Uh, and it's really cool to see, you know, a friend and someone that's works really hard achieve some really awesome goals. So that was wonderful. So after this next commercial break, we're going to come back with a trainer chip, trainer tip from Gerilyn Finn. Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. The way consumers interact with the brands they have trusted for years and those they are about to fall in love with for the first time is becoming more and more mobile, literally, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Podcasts or internet radio shows like this one combine the new consumer preference for on-demand information and entertainment with the power of niche market audiences. Advertising on the Horse Radio Network podcasts allows you to reach the equestrian consumer using today's preferred on-demand delivery system. It's cost-effective and flexible, able to reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. To learn more about advertising on this show or any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at 859-951-2022 or you can email us at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. Come and join the Horse Radio Network family. You'll enjoy the ride. Well, it is my pleasure this evening to have Gerilyn Finn, a USDF bronze, silver, and gold medalist and gold freestyle bar medalist. She's a L graduate with distinction, and she just got accepted to the Little R program. Gerilyn, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. We are so happy to have you as our trainer tip of the week. So what is your tip for all of our listeners? Um, So I was thinking about it when you guys asked me to come on, um, and I figured, you know, we all have so many different things that we like to like our, our pet peeves as trainers, um, I think that the, the the area where I tend to focus the most with my students um, has to do with the technique that they use when they're dealing with contact issues with their horse. I spend a lot of time talking about the biomechanics of the rider and how it matches up to the biomechanics of the horse when I'm first getting to know students of all different levels, professionals, uh, amateurs, kids, whatever. Because um, it always seems to me that a lot of the problems that people have, especially with, with contact and connection, comes from um, oftentimes a lack of understanding about what the biomechanical rules are with the horse in the three different gates and, um, and how the rider needs to manage their body in order to keep a harmonious connection with the horse. So that's what I was hoping to talk about. That sounds awesome. Great. I mean, if you're ready, let's uh, okay. let's go through a few common problems maybe that people <laughs> may be having and uh, and go to it. We're ready. All right. So, so, the, so the two sort of common problems that I was thinking of are, you know, basically, you know, disasters and dressage. You've got a horse that, like, <laughs> 
is completely inverted with its head up in the air, looking miserable and unhappy. And then the opposite problem, which is maybe a little less obvious, is a horse that gets really heavy and perhaps too round and too flexed and too low in the pole. So with that particular type of horse, you often have students that come out of the show and thinking that their horse has been properly on the bit, and yet the judge, you know, cremates them for, um, you know, having the horse behind the vertical or too too much on the forehand or whatever. So those are the two problems I was thinking of, and um, and I think they both relate to oftentimes the same basic issue, which is that the um, the the rider doesn't necessarily understand how the horse needs to move their head and neck in the three gates and they don't necessarily understand what they need to do to compensate for that. So when I'm teaching this, I just start with talking about the walk and um, the walk and the canter. And I know you guys, of course, know this or are familiar with it, so preaching to the choir, but a lot of people don't realize that in the walk and the canter, the horse's head and neck has to oscillate. It has to move forward and back, especially if the horse isn't particularly collected. So, like, everything from training level to, like, third or whatever. Um, and I teach, I spend a lot of time trying to get people to understand how to observe, watch their horse's head and their ears, and see how the neck moves when you have no contact whatsoever, and that when they pick up the reins, that they learn how to feel a small amount of tension on the reins and then move their hands and their arms and their shoulders just enough so that attention stays exactly the same no matter where the horse puts their head. And so the exercise I often have the students do at the very beginning is I'll take the reins in my hands on one end and I'll be the horse and then the student holds the reins as the rider and I move my hands all over and I ask them to keep the tension on the reins the same no matter where I go. Um, hopefully at this point I'm not begging the horse accidentally in the mouth at all. But and 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 by doing that, they can feel um, what it's like to keep the tension the same, no matter what happens. And it's not heavy, and it's not strong, and it's not pulling, and it's not loose. Um, and I'll have them do the same thing to me, because um, sometimes it's very hard to do it. And I ask them to move their hands wherever they want, and then I can demonstrate how I can follow without even thinking about it the contact everywhere that it goes. And so that's usually the first exercise that I start with at the walk. Um, and then we go on and talk about the mechanics at the trot, which are really simple. So I'm talking a lot. Do you guys want to ask me any questions? No, no, I think you're doing great. great. I mean, yeah, you're doing uh, awesome. No, that's great. And Um, I think that, that using, you know, doing feeling with your training or trainer or even another person actually, Doing that exercise, we've talked about that exercise a couple times on the shows. Um, I think that's really important because I don't think people understand. You know, we, we think about contact and in, in with other people and that type of thing, but it it really is different when you have a piece of metal, typically, and reins, and you have two hands and two different reins. And so, I think that's a really good way to start. And doing it in the walk is a really good way to kind of help yourself process it. So, I like that tip. Well, Keep going. Yeah, that's perfect. Too, yeah, often what happens too is when you get people just to play with that a little bit at the walk and to take a horse, like, this is a gross generalization, but picturing an event rider coming in with an inverted thoroughbred and 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 then I ask them to, to do that and follow. It's amazing that without any manipulation at all, 
once the horse trusts that the bit isn't going to create an impossibility for him to move his neck the way he needs to in nature, they relax the top line. And so it hasn't been a question of doing anything fancy. It's not just kicking them. It's not just bending them. It's, it's, it's just following the natural motion of the horse. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, the neck relaxes. And conversely, a horse that's too heavy or too much behind the bit, you start to follow. And then all of a sudden, you know, they look up and they're on the vertical instead of behind the vertical. So that's sort of where I start. And then I go into trot, which is, of course, easier because the horse's neck doesn't oscillate in the trot. It just stays still. So the rider has really only one job. And I think this is one of the reasons why most people, when they're learning how to get their horse on the bit, are better at learning that at the trot than any of the other gates, is that if they can just keep their hands still relative to the horse's mouth, which is not really moving, and that relative to their neck, they have a decent chance of getting good, steady, harmonious contact. The only thing they have to figure out is how to not let their hands move with their body going up and down. And so for that problem, I usually ask them, which I know is a little bit of a faux pas, but I usually ask the rider to stare at their own hands. Sometimes we'll have them on the lens line for this. Stare at their own hands so that they can actually see how, when they post or even when they sit, their hands have a tendency to want to follow the motion of their torso. And when they visually look at their hands and they go, oh, my God, look at that, go up and down, up and down, then usually their brain can make the connection and they can do what they need to do to let their arm lengthen in the posting when they go up and let it shorten when they sit down. And then I can usually that helps with the contact becoming more harmonious in the trot. And then if that all goes well and they still want to take their lesson with me, <laughs> yeah, what's what's next, Geraldine? What's next? And then the the canter, of course, I think is the trickiest, right? Because it's so much more momentum than in the walk. Um, you know, everybody's sort of flying around, and um, and I think for amateurs that can be quite intimidating to figure out how to get a handle on on connection in the canter, and um, the neck of the horse still has. To oscillate in the canter. It goes a little bit down and a little bit up and a little bit forward and a little bit back in every stride. And so I um, usually, again, ask the riders to look at the horse's ears, um, usually on loose contact, if that can be achieved without it being dangerous, um, and watching the rhythm of the horse's neck as it goes up and then down and up and then down. And then Reese, you and I know this, of course, because this is such a principle of how Conrad Schumacher who we both train with, teaches collection to watch the horse's ears coming mm-hmm. up and that that's the moment actually when the horse comes up and the front legs are off the ground, that that's actually the moment that you want to make sure you keep a little contact. And then when the horse's head and neck is down and lower and the front feet are on the ground, that's the moment where your arm needs to lengthen and not be trying to pull against the horse. And I think in the canter is where you see this problem so much. And, and sometimes it's not a question of the horse being inverted or flipping its head or anything. I mean, I see it. I mean, I was just last week at the five-star CDI, and you still see, you know, Grand Prix riders, beautiful riders that have basically a, a wrong biomechanic in the canter. The horses get heavy, heavy, and the rider pulls back when the front legs are on the ground, and then 
when the horse gets light, the, the reins loosen, they lose the contact a little bit, and it's it's not, it doesn't work. It's not harmonious. And the, the biomechanics of the horse are against the biomechanics of the rider. Anyway, so it's a big pet peeve of mine, and it takes a long time to learn how to let your arm go a little bit when the horse is down and then come back a little bit when the horse is up. But those are those are my training tips. I think that you can cut, you can solve so many problems. You really take the time to understand rather academically what's going on with the horse biomechanically and with yourself and then, you know, slow down in your riding and and focus and observe what, what is happening with the contact rather than just thinking, I have to get this darn horse on the bit and I got to keep his head down. So, yeah, no, I know. I think that, I think that's great. I think that that you know, there's always that debate on how much theory do you do you use, but you have to know some theory in dressage to understand w- what you're doing and why you're doing it. So yeah. I I love those tips, and I think that it's a big deal. I I was just teaching some kids, some young ones last weekend, and we were working on just that so that they could start to get comfortable with the concepts. So I love it. Well, Geraldine, yeah, thank you. Go. Thank you so much for your trainer tip. How would our listeners find you online? Um, I have a website, and it's finessedressage.com. And I also have a Facebook page um, for Finesse Dressage as well. And you can find me on, on either of those. Super. Well, thanks so much, Sherilyn, for your time, and we look forward to having you on again in the future. You're welcome. Thank you. Great to talk to you guys. Well, Philip, it's so nice to be back in our routine. I always miss our week off. It's always sad when I don't get to <laughs> talk to everybody and I don't get to talk to you and, and usually Glenn. But, uh, um, no, it was great to, to talk and, yeah, and get back in the show, groove. Get then. back in the groove. Yeah, we'll have some uh, other great shows coming up this uh, this month for sure. So um, I guess we have to get to work and, and put them together yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, get it going, us, right? Philip, putting it to work. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, we will start back. We have a listener question for next week. So we will start with our listener question next week. And again, we love email, Facebook shout outs. Um, we always enjoy those. And it's yeah, let us know how we're doing or what you want to talk about or, you know, if it's this particular guest, we'll see if we can get them on all that great stuff. Absolutely. And don't forget, um, earlier in the show, we talked about the meetup at Rolex uh, that I get to join uh, Glenn, Jamie, Jennifer, and Samantha from Horses in the Morning and the Eventing Radio Show. Uh, I am going to go walk the cross-country course. Hopefully, my dressage legs can, uh, can, get can handle get it. That you can handle it. You'll be fine. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to, I'll have to start working out just for that day. But uh, I hope I get to meet a lot of listeners um, from the Horse Radio Network that will be a lot of fun at Rolex. So uh, we look forward to that. Well, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksquestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Well, everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week.